Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey, lovely people here. We are back for our last episode in our series on Abandonment to Divine Providence. I am here with Jana. Hi, Jana. Hi. Hi. I'm not going to dive into the episode without saying hi to you first this yeah. week. You're not going to forget me this week? <laughs> oh, Jana's here too. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Um, and I'm just, this has been such a treat for me to go through this book with more intentionality. Whenever I do like a, a series on a book, like I, I have read these books. Um, I did I Believe in Love last summer and I read these books and I reread these books, but then going through it prayerfully with a different intentionality of being able to discuss it and stuff just really brings to life new things that like really set home for my heart. And I hope it's doing the same for you guys, whether you've been reading along or just listening to the podcast. So this has been a treat for Jonna and I, and I'm just so glad that you guys have joined us. Um, so this week, we will talk about the final section, which is titled in my translation, All Will Be Well If We Abandon Ourselves to God. And oh my gosh, that should just be the the quote for the whole book and say no more because there it is. That's the whole podcast. That's see you guys later. <laughs> see you guys later. That was awesome. All right. I'm going to open us up with our Bible verse today, which is Isaiah 30, 21. And it says, whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. So good. So good. Um, in this, in this, this section, I found that he was talking a lot about spirituality and like a kind of holiness that comes from God when things are very bright and clear or that there's also a state of faith in which God has wrapped it up all in like a darkness and veils his throne and we can often feel extremely confused walking in the dark and also just not needing to know oh i feel like i got that out of this of we do not need to know the future no yeah we we don't need to know anything no um and it's so funny is i'm gonna it's gonna sound like a little bit of a digression here but one of the things my brother-in-law teased about is just like modern day um information overload that we mm. think we need to know everything. And we, um, I remember him and my husband talking about something and they were wondering, I don't even remember what it was, but like, they were like, do you know if blah, 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 or, or what was that quote? Or, and my brother-in-law, they were like, let's Google it. And they started looking up. And my brother-in-law looks at my husband and was like, do you remember in the back in the day when you just were left wondering, you didn't actually need to know the answer. You just were left wondering. And I feel like that's so, um, big in our lives mm -hmm. now is that we are we're basically almost taught from a really young age with technology and information that we can find out an answer to everything we ever want to know and so this this idea of being left in the dark quote unquote and not knowing which way our lives are going or knowing what outside of the present moment is going to entail seems wild and countercultural and foreign and yet we have been talking about time and time throughout this entire book that that is the calling of 
abandoning ourselves and surrendering is not always having to know. We feel like there's a safety in knowing. Mm. It, it says right here, there's no way more safe and sure than this dark way of faith. Mm. Even your example, like looking something up, you know, my son said that to me the other day. He's like, can you look up, you know, can you check Google for this? And I was like, it was some bug, like the color. And I was like, I don't need to look up everything, everything. you want to know. Yes. Yeah. Your brother-in-law, my son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, gosh. Um, just though that it feels safe. Even knowing those mindless things that we don't need to know, mm-hmm. we just like to know. Mm-hmm. It goes back to control. Mm-hmm. We like to have control. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of our, our fear and anxiety comes from, mm-hmm. wanting to know what path to take and what comes next and, you know, where to put our next step, what direction to go. Mm-hmm. And I just love in this book, I was saying, go wherever you please. You cannot lose the way where there is no path. Mm. Every way looks the same in the dark. You cannot see the end because nothing is visible. I don't know if you could hear me because I was totally turned away. <laughs> um, but that's incredible. Not having... Like trusting so much that the path will be good. It and, will be his. And that's where so much of the surrender and submission is. It's leading us to a um, ability to just lean fully in trust. We've talked about before that God delights in our trusting heart towards him. And when we submit and surrender, we're literally doing just that. When we say we don't need to know, we don't have to have the graspy hands of control. We're just going to surrender this moment this day this season this state of life to you there is this powerful trust that is almost like a catapult and 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 then it bleeds out into all areas of our life like I could almost just like see it visually what happens when we submit and surrender what it does to our trust and how that transforms so much and so I really loved this this chapter um and just again like you said about Um, just which way I think we often are really concerned and we, especially when we know that we can prayerfully discern something and make a decision and we can get really caught up in like, well, what's the right way? Like we, I have to discern this. What does God want? And often what he wants is us to just trust him regardless if you go left or you go right, Mm -hmm. that like he's in it with you. Yes. And the temptation to do the opposite of that is so strong. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, my car leases up and so I have to go and change my car out and I bring it to Honda. They look at the car and the guy comes back and he's like, what has happened to the outside of your car? What? I'm like, what do you mean? I take great care of my car. He's like, has something been attacking the sides of your car? And I'm like, oh, my dog, my dog jumps up and his nails have scratched the side. And he's like, you know, that's like 3000 in damage and it's going to double your, your payments. And, and basically I don't need to go into my whole situation, but it's, it's going to be a, an obstacle. Mm. It's going to be a form of suffering in my life. I'm just not having to figure out what to do with the car. Mm. And I was able to remember to recall the present moment and to remember to trust God. And I, it was all by grace you know, that I was even able to, to drive home and be like, I'm not going to freak out. Like mm. all will be well. Mm. I don't need to know what's going to happen next. It's going to happen. I'm going to do the thing I need to do. And he's going to be with me during all of it. Mm. And just peace is what followed. Like, yeah, it's probably not going to look like what I thought. I'm probably going to have to stretch myself in different ways. But that's all okay. But when your state of soul feels peace, regardless if you have $10,000 or a dollar of damage to your car, if your soul feels peace because you remember that, and like you said, like the opening section of the chapter in my translation says, all will be well. 
if we abandon ourselves to God, then what does it matter? Right. What does anything matter? Yes. It's like so crazy when you when you think step back and you go, wow, it's really that simple? It's so freeing. It's so freeing. But we always think the other way is better mm. to control it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so now I'm going to do this. I'm going to work this many hours. I'm going to like, you know, oh, whatever I'll fix it, it I'll is. Fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a small example. You know, there are much bigger problems. That's just a, a tiny one with my car. But it's like the, the temptation to fix it and control it feels like it's going to be better, but it never is. And you know what's crazy is that when we abandon ourselves and, and surrender to God in these moments, there's just this this space, this freedom for now the Holy Spirit to actually move within you to lead you to like what to do next with a freedom. It doesn't mean Jonah's going to sit around and be like, well, I abandoned myself to God, so I don't have to pay for that damage, whatever happens. Like this is not the solution here, but we're not looking for solutions. We're looking to just be with Jesus in it. And when we invite him into that space by remembering in that present moment to surrender, to abandon, to submit, we are just open. We're more empty. We're like free of all our control and our attachment and our compulsions. We're indifferent. Like we've been talking about this this whole series, right? And when we are in that state, like the Holy Spirit just is like Jesus delights. The Holy Spirit has the space to come in and be like, oh, Jonna, did you notice this over here? Like you can, oh, did you talk to, and then there's just, again, you might not, it might not mean, okay, I'm going to come up with a $3,000 I did not expect. It might mean there's going to be some suffering for some months or whatever, but there's just a greater ability to move as God wants to move without the pain. It's that being yoked to Christ's whole example. Again, like let him lead. You're not running off, taking control, thinking you need to fix it. Instead, you're just submissive and you're just following his lead. And there's just such beauty and freedom on that. So I actually really love that example so much. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. 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 Oh, I really do. Um, and he goes on to say, come, my soul, come, and let us go to God by self-abandonment. Let us acknowledge that we are incapable of becoming holy by our own efforts and put our trust in God, who would not have taken away our ability to walk unless he was to carry us in his arms. So that whole idea of like walking in the dark and there is no path. He would not make it dark and us unable to move forward and walk if it wasn't going to be him that's going to carry. I just like love that example. What Lord is the use to us of being able to see, to feel, and to understand as we are not making our journey on foot, but we are being carried in your arms. Like that gives me goosebumps, right? Yeah. It's... Unfortunately, I keep thinking about the, the footprints, footprints in the sand. Yes. No, I almost literally, when I read that, I literally, this whenever it was I was reading this again, I literally almost copied that poem down, <laughs> that whatever it's called. Go ahead, please. Well, no, I don't know why. Like I say, unfortunately, because in my youth, it You're was like, just so everywhere. overdone. Yeah. Yes. But there's so much truth to it. It is, you know, he wants to carry us mm. in, in any of those moments that feel too much, feel mm. too uncomfortable mm. and just too painful. Just, he will carry us. Yeah, and he, he's you, equipped. And if you think of like again, I always go back to my motherhood and my children. But when I'm on like on a hiking trail or something, if there is a path and there is a right way or what seems like the right way, my kids boom take off. And then they get a little brave and wild and they might go into the like the woods or do things and I don't know where they are. They're half hanging off a cliff and because they can see, because there was a path, because they felt like they were in control and they knew. But when they're in situations where it's dark, I'll tell you, they cling to me so tightly mm. that I can lead the way. 
and I can bring them the best way. And it's just like Jesus with us that if we can only see and trust that in those dark times when we don't know where things are going, that it is often a gift, a delight, because it's in those places that we allow him to swoop us up and hold us yes. and carry us, right? Um, he actually talks about this beautiful, simple image that, I'll be honest, totally wrecked me and brought me to tears. It's one of the, the ones that, again, a lot of things that doing with motherhood can really um, cut right to the core of my heart. Um, and it's, it's just basically this idea that we must not forget the road and stop worrying about the directions and the plans and instead of abandon, abandon ourselves to whatever he has in store. And he says, um, instead abandon ourselves to God and you Lord take charge of everything else. The more terrible everything is, the more surely do they experience your presence they think only of loving you and fulfill their little duties like a child playing in his mother's lap as if there were nothing in the world but a mo his mother and his toys. And if you just think about that, if you just literally sit and rest in that image of a child playing in your lap, like I, I see this all the time with my, my, the baby now. She could be all fret playing with a toy and it should be like wild and hysterical and I could be doing dishes or something. But if I just sit she will literally continue doing what she was doing as long as she can sit and climb on my lap and then all is well with the world. And it's just, there's something really beautiful about this image of everything else being taken care of. All you have to do is sit in the lap of God and tend to your toys or whatever is in front of you in that present moment and worry about nothing else. Mm. And I just feel like that's so tender. It's that security. Mm. And like what we can become when we feel safe. Mm -hmm. And often we cling with our, our control and our fears, like you were saying before, of needing to know what's happening because we think that's what will make us safe. But when we remember like the king of the universe in all his glory and his majesty is with us, not just like all, looking over all his people, but he is intimately right here, right now with us in this room as we have our headphones on, as the, the sun is shining in, in the window, right here. He is in control of all that. Then it gives us that freedom to sit like a child in our parents' lap and just... Mm. And feel like all will be well. All will be well. Yeah. Um, Can I read this quote? Please. It matters very little to him whether you are thwarted or not. You imagine you are going east he makes you go west. You're about to strike against a rock. He pushes the tiller and brings you into port. Without either map or a compass, wind or tide, the voyages you make are always fortunate. If you encounter pirates, an unexpected puff of wind instantly wafts you beyond their reach. I loved that. Mm. I like the writing probably may not speak to everybody, but for me that the imagery there that he is, he is everywhere. Mm. And we just don't know what he's going to do. This idea like let him surprise us. Mm. I've always loved relating to God in that way. Surprise me. You know me so intimately. You know my thoughts before I think them. You know all the parts of me that do the things they do before I even know why they're doing the things mm. they do. You know, every hair on my head, like, surprise me. And I just love that you're going, you think you are going east and you're going west. Love it. And just not knowing that path and that when we're with him, we don't need to know because mm. we're safe. Yes. And, and so safe. <laughs> So safe. And there was, there was something, um, 
that I think was a, a good reminder for me. And I think it might've been way, way earlier in the book. Um, just this idea of how much he is active and alive in our lives. Like, right, like what you're saying right here, right now. Um, it's this, like, he was talking about how we have a reverence for scripture and the stories of salvation. And, um, we can see, you know, Oh, look what he did with Job or, or Mary or, or you just, you go through the story of salvation, these historical events that happen and you can see like, you know, you look back at the Israelites and all the times they, Oh, you guys mess it up again. Okay. You're worshiping <laughs> idols. Oh, here you go again. You turn your head again. You didn't trust him. It's like the same story over and over again. It can feel like, and you're like, ah, oh, and you just see how he is like, he is there in all of it, intimately calling them to trust him and, and all this stuff. And, and I love, um, in this book because I, I won't have the quote for it, but it's somewhere in there. He talks about how, um, why do we think that the same God who intimately was moving mountains and active and alive in each and every one of these biblical figures' lives is not still doing that today in our lives, in each and every moment? Like we have such reverence for scripture and yet that same God is fully alive acting in every single moment. And that should be just like, woof, gives me kind of like goosebumps of what he is, he is still doing. Yeah, he quotes here, truly said Jacob, God is in this place and I knew it not. That it, like, it, then it goes on to say, you seek God and he is everywhere. Mm. We forget that, like you're saying. We look back and we're like, this is incredible. This is sacred. Yeah. All the you know, salvation. But he's here. Yeah. And sometimes it's so easy to not know. Right. You know, you are here. Yes. God I is love in this that. place. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. So anyways, that was just something that I kind of like, oh, we are still a huge part of the story of salvation right now in this room. Yeah. It's happening. Right? It's happening. Yeah. Right. It's not done, my friends. It is not done. And you are part of it. Um, so I want to wrap us up, but I want to read one quote before I wrap us up. Um, and it might be a little long, but I just thought it was so beautiful. Um, and it talks about, um, just how we don't always see kind of how John was talking about the directions and all this stuff. We don't always see what it is that God is doing, but through us, he is creating a beautiful masterpiece. And it says, God and the soul work together and all goes well when the soul is healthy. For though the success of God's action depends of course on him, it can be spoiled if the soul proves unfaithful. God's achievement is like the front of a lovely tapestry. The worker employed on such a tapestry sees only the back as he adds stitch after stitch with his needle. Yet all these stitches are slowly creating a magnificent picture, which appears in all its glory only when every stitch is done and it is viewed from the right side. But all this beauty cannot be seen as it is being created. It is, sa- it is the same with a self-abandoned soul. It sees only God and its duty. To fulfill this duty moment by moment consists in adding tiny stitches to the work. Yet it is by these stitches that God accomplishes those marvels of which we sometimes catch a glimpse now, but which will not be truly known until the great day of eternity. How good and wise are the ways of God. All that is sublime and exalted, great and admirable in the task of achieving holiness and perfection, he has kept for his own power. But everything that is small simple and easy he leaves us to tackle with the help of grace 
So there is not a single person who cannot easily reach the highest degree of perfection by performing every duty, no matter how commonplace, with eager love. (sighs) Okay, you guys, this has just been such a blessing um, for me as I (laughs) so um, love this book so much. And I just, it's one of those ones that I feel like I, I probably should read so frequently because it's so easy to forget the present moment and the beauty and gift and profound, um, profound wonder of abandoning ourselves to the present moment and God and his divine providence. So close us up in prayer in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord, I thank you. And I praise you for being actively with us here and right now for each and every one of my listeners and my friends here you are present and you are calling them to greater intimacy with you, a greater trust, a greater abandonment, a greater surrender. I pray, Lord, that we may be able to move forward in each present moment, knowing that even though we cannot see the beauty and the grandeur of the tapestry for which you are creating with our lives, that we may be open and receptive to moving one tiny stitch at a time forward in your most perfect will. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jonna, any closing words before we wrap up the series? No, but thank you for, you know, inviting me into this with you. I really love doing this. Yeah, this was awesome. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed this book and this series as much as it blessed us. And I hope you all have a blessed week. God bless. Bye. Bye. I forgot. I was like, yeah, all right. See ya. (laughs) Thanks for joining alongside me today, friend. And if this episode or any of the episodes have blessed you, I'd be so honored if you shared it with a friend, rated, or left a review. And as always, you can connect with me at Suzanne at LatteAndLaundry.com. God bless.